0: Dear Prudence,
1: dear Prudence,
0: dear Prudence,
1: dear Prudence, dear Prudence, dear
0: Prudence, dear Prudy, do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Hi. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Thank you. Welcome back to The Dear Prudence Show once again. And as always, I am your host, Mallory Ortberg, also known as Dear Prudence, with us in the studio today. Uh, I am very excited to have the roommate of a former guest, Eliel Cruz. Um, We're going to get to him in just a minute. But first, uh, I recently answered a question in the column that seemed so important to me that I thought I should also take to the podcast and send out a general reminder to my listeners. And that reminder is this you probably shouldn't steal other people's pets. Uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say I will never give any of you permission to steal a pet because life is a rich tapestry and every once in a while, something really bananas might come down the pike and you might be in a situation where stealing a pet is the only right choice in front of you. But I'm going to go ahead and say that nine times out of 10, it is not the right choice. Uh, I had a letter writer this week who wanted to know if they could steal their neighbor's cat because their neighbor lets their cat go outdoors. Um, That's it. Not that the cat was neglected or abandoned or fending for itself or didn't have a collar or a chip, just that it was an outdoor cat. Um, And they believe that all cats should be indoors. Um, And that's fine. There are good reasons to want to keep a cat indoors. There are good reasons to let a cat go outdoors. Uh, But something that's important to remember is that having an outdoor cat is not illegal. If you were to call up animal control and say, My neighbor lets their cat go outside, animal control would not say, We will drop everything and be right over and remove this cat from the home. Um, And therefore, it is not grounds uh, for stealing. If you want a cat that you would like to keep indoors, you can go to an animal shelter and say, Please give me a cat. I would like to keep it inside. And they will be more than happy to accommodate you. Um, But uh, in the absence of that, uh, you do not have my permission to steal other people's cats willy nilly just so you can put them in your living room. So on that note, I'd like to welcome our guest, Eliel Cruz, who is an LGBT activist focusing on bisexuality and faith. Uh, Eliel, welcome. Do you have any opinions about cat stealing?
0: Um, You know what? I wouldn't personally steal cats because I'm deathly allergic to them. Um, But Mm -hmm. I sometimes forget that when I go over friends' houses because I don't see cats very often and then I'll pet them and then my eyes will break out and all this awful stuff. But um, before I I forget that I'm allergic, I would steal them until afterwards and then, yeah, but no.
1: (laughs) So sorry to hear that. I, I keep my home stocked with like four different kinds of allergy medicine because I have a cat and many of my friends are allergic and I will often like meet them at the doorway and like prophylactically shove an allergy pill at them. Yeah, it's um,
0: a miserable experience, unfortunately, but they're so pretty and so cute. I wish. <laughs> I wish I wasn't yes. allergic, but that's the cards I've been dealt.
1: Well. Speaking of the cards that you've been dealt, we have been dealt a beautiful array of letters this week. Do you like that segue? I thought it was clunky. It
0: was um, <laughs> It was good. No, it was good. We're going to work with it. We're going to roll. It's going to happen. But I
1: pulled it off with confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, our first letter, we are just diving right in because mm-hmm. this one is a lot. Um It's got some of the things that come up a lot in this letter or in in this column, which is uh, somebody interrupting somebody else's sleep, which if you've ever listened to an episode of the show, you know how I feel about that. Um, And I'm really excited for us to tackle this one. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and read this first letter for us. The subject of this is sun in bed, sweet or creepy. Here we go. Dear Prudence. For the past two years, my husband has been sleeping in our seven-year-old son's bedroom because I can't stand his snoring, and he becomes violent and abusive if I have to wake him up to roll over. I'm the breadwinner in the family, and my husband refuses to see his doctor about a snoring, so if someone needs good sleep, shouldn't it be me? Over the last few months, our son got sick a couple of times and asked to sleep with me, and I let him. Now he's starting the night in his bed, but moving to my bed in the middle of the night. I suspect part of this is that he's not sleeping and he's being woken up by his father snoring, but another part of it is also just wanting to snuggle with mommy. I say it's sweet, and I'll take my little boy snuggles as long as I can, because I don't think this phase will last long, even if my husband stops snoring tonight. My husband says it's weird and creepy and implies there's something sexual to it. What say you, dear Prudence? For what it's worth, we did co-sleep with both of our kids when they were babies, but they've both been in their own beds for years, except sometimes when they get sick. (sighs) Well, this is escalated. <laughs> this
0: is a lot. This is like an Easter egg for red flags for me. There's, um, there's so much going on here that I don't know where to start.
1: Yeah, I-, I, I, I think I have an idea of where to start, which is like, uh, it's a pretty big deal to imply to your partner. I think there's something sexual about the way you sleep with our kid. Um, yeah, I- I- and certainly I, I like. I've never heard the word little boy snuggles before. It didn't make me comfortable. I hope I don't hear it again. Um, (laughs) But I I, I do not believe that this parent is sexually interested in their child. I don't believe that this is in any way like sexually manipulative behavior. I think that's a really inappropriate charge for the husband to be levying at the letter writer.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, this is mommy talk, right? I mean, I, I mean, I don't have kids, but I know that I have, you know, mothers and aunts and, and grandmothers who would say uh, little boy snuggles um, to, you know, myself when I was young and my cousins and things. But this, you know, the kid is, was it two years they've been sleeping in, in his room? That's five to seven years old. That's a child still. Mm-hmm. And that. It's a really weird thing for the husband to sexualize um, the, the you know the boy coming to uh, the mother's bed, which is, um, in order to to uh, get better sleep, perhaps, or or when they're feeling sick and they want some mommy time. I don't think that's bad, um, and, and it's they really would right. do. But I specifically think it's really weird that we kind of like roll over that when she says that he, when he, she uh, when she woke him up because of his snoring that he became violent and abusive. Like that. Right,
1: because that suggests more than just like, oh, I'm awake all of a sudden and I kind of like lash out for a second. That suggests he's like yeah, like that, flipping out on going.
0: That was a red flag for me. I was just like, what What, what extent is he becoming violent and abusive for being woken up um, in bed? Because that's kind of uh, nerve wracking uh, for me. But I mean, I know I, I used to snore so much. I and mean, then I got my tonsils removed because they were so large. They were blocking my thing and now uh, by blocking my airway and I could Ugh. sleep good. So I think, I mean. And, and the fact that he's refusing to see a doctor to even try to remedy the situation, um, he's right. he's yeah he's the start of this, the 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 issue and he's uh, not trying to meet anyone halfway. Um, I don't know. This is right
1: because his solution is not even like I'm going to go sleep on the couch. It's literally just we'll all go snore in our kids' room so they can't sleep, and they're not like big enough to push me and roll me over so no one can. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's he's causing the problem and doing pretty much nothing to address it, which is. Um, not okay. Like clearly, it's bothering the child. The child's leaving his bed in the middle of the night because he can't sleep when his dad snores either. Um, and this guy needs to like get his ass to a doctor.
0: Yeah, definitely. And he, or
1: at the very least, sleep on the damn couch.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even for himself too. I'm, I'm, most people who are snoring are dealing with sleep apnea or some type of um, a medical condition that keeps them from getting good sleep. And perhaps that's why he gets really aggressive when he gets woken up because he wants his sleep. Um, so even right. going to the doctor. Yeah, is, hopefully well,
1: this is not behavior that shows up during the day as well
0: yeah that's that's kind of what the, yeah that was a red flag for me the, that language was a little worrisome. but um yeah i mean for himself for his kids for his wife um go to the doctor you know get get help that you need to to try to find some remedies to uh, stop your snoring don't sexualize your little boy <laughs> um right and yeah try, let, let's let the entire family sleep and relax
1: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so letter writer definitely hold your ground um you are not doing anything that's sexually inappropriate and it's actually really okay for you to say to your husband, like, you need to take that off the table. Um, Like, that's clearly not what's going on here. Um, And like that you're saying that suggests that like you don't trust me. And it's a very cruel thing to say when there's nothing to suggest that that's actually what's going on. Um, And to say like, you need to go to the doctor. At the very least, if you're not going to go to the doctor, it's clearly not working for you to go sleep in our kid's room anymore because you're waking him up every night. Um, So you need to go sleep in a part of the house where nobody can hear you Um, or a better solution to that is go see a damn doctor (laughs) like there's stuff you know snoring is not incurable Mm -hmm. there's stuff that we can do for it and it's just amazing to me that this is a person who would rather like wake up everybody else in the house and cause a lot of like sleep drama oh yeah and lob accusations of like sexual predation at their spouse rather than just go to a doctor and get a cpap machine or something um yeah, this I I'm not I'm not a huge fan of this husband. Uh, I'm not thrilled about it, and I can understand why this letter writer is spending more time like being with her kids than she is with her partner because he sounds like a sleep-deprived jerk.
0: Yeah, he's grumpy. He needs some sleep and so does the rest of the family.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh in the in the meantime, do we have any suggestions for like Do you think that the letter writer needs to stop letting the kid come in the bedroom other than just saying to the husband, like, you can't go sleep in his room anymore? Like, should there be any new rules or is it just... He needs to not worry about it.
0: I, no, I mean, like, no. The, I mean, to deprive the kid from that kind of like solace and like security of being with his mother when he's sick, or maybe he's afraid, or mm-hmm. or he just wants some good sleep. <laughs> I think yeah. you know, kind of gives the kid the the you know the bad end of the stick. Um, this is definitely something the letter writer should should engage her husband directly in whatever space she feels comfortable enough to. Um, and hopefully, during the day, um, after he's gotten some sleep, <laughs> as well as she's gotten some sleep. And just try to find um, you know a remedy. Relationships are all about uh, a compromise um, and trying to find ways that we can um, work together to 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 be okay with with uh, the things that life throws our way. So this yeah. so do so they have um, snoring issues? Let's find some different remedies that many other couples have have found um, in order to uh, move on.
1: <laughs> right on. Well, uh, will you on that note, please take us away and read the next letter?
0: Absolutely. So the subject is, my friend scammed me for years and now everyone thinks I'm a jerk for calling her out. Dear Prudence, two years ago, I found myself in desperate need of an apartment in a city I couldn't afford. Luckily, a good friend who lived there offered me her spare bedroom. We agreed to buy our own food and split rent and bills 50-50. But as it had already been her apartment, I wasn't to change anything outside my bedroom, which I didn't mind. I recently let the landlord in for an emergency while she was away and learned that we are not in fact splitting the rent. I pay her $1,000 in cash on top of half of the utilities, and she writes a $1,200 check for their landlord. When I confronted her, she told me she could charge whatever she wants for her room in her apartment and reminded me I wasn't on the lease, and threatened to kick me out. I packed my things over the weekend and left to to live somewhere else. My former friend is living and has threatened to sue me because it turns out she can't afford rent now. She bought a new car and opened a credit card after I moved in. She can't actually sue me, but she has been rallying our friends around her, many of whom she feels was right, or even if she was wrong, that I'm somehow worse for abandoning my responsibilities. I, however, think my friend paid $200 for rent and lived large for two years under the guise of doing me a favor, which she reminded me of quite quite frequently. Am I the asshole here?
1: Do you think the letter writer is the asshole here?
0: <laughs> Absolutely not. First of all, I want to know what city she's living in that she only pays twelve hundred dollars for a two bedroom apartment. Because I'm living in the wrong city, um, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly. But um, I, I would I would be so livid. I mean, mixing you know mixing money with friends is not a good thing. I am so lucky to have an amazing roommate that I love to death and who's also a writer and an activist and we get along so well. Um, but that's not always the case, as you see with this letter writer. And I have a lot of other friends living in New York City who have been in so many similar situations um, where either they've been the one to extend a lot of uh, you know help and grace in opening their apartment that they have their name on the lease of or they've been on the receiving end and then been ripped off like this letter writer has been Um but I would be super upset if I'm paying way more than over fifty. That was the agreement that we had upon, even if it wasn't a written legal document. But we had both, as you know, as as common people, as 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 basic strangers, it would hopefully agree with um, with what we have already uh, established. What would be our agreement? But they're friends as well, and for her friend to use her to really live really, really cheap and be able to spend money um you know opening a credit card getting uh getting a a car and all these other things um it's so um that's kind of you know douchey i I would be so angry i I don't think she's an asshole Uh,
1: no and it was so unnecessary like i was reading this and i was like this is full-on like ananiris and sapphira status (laughs) uh which is a new testament deep cut uh for all of you (laughs) listeners out there but like you know some people you know look both to uh you know fill a room and also turn a profit and it would have been one thing if her friend had said the amount I am charging for this room is a thousand dollars um but the friend didn't say that the friend said you and I will split the rent 50-50 yeah um she lied and That's a lie. And then it's a total unnecessary lie. Um, You know, it was also clear, like, it's never a great situation to be living somewhere without a lease and to be paying, like, under the table. Um, But, you know, sometimes people are in situations where that's all they can Mm -hmm. swing. So I understand that the letter writer was, like, in a really difficult situation. But, um, yeah, your friend lied. Your friend lied totally unnecessarily. Your friend was also apparently in the habit of saying things like, you're so lucky I let you live Mm -hmm. here. Um, All the while, you know uh paying like way 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 less than you were paying um and and keeping that from you yeah your friend did a a jerk thing um you are right that she cannot sue you um if a part of you is at all afraid that she will try to bring some form of like frivolous legal action against you i would definitely recommend like calling your local tenants rights board and just finding out like uh, what you need to protect yourself again not that i think she's got anything to come after you with but just to have like a boilerplate response or um you know just some additional information so you know the like legal reasons that she cannot sue you
0: I and mean, she was there um, for two years as well it wasn't that she yeah. was there for just a couple of months two years of paying way over um the amount of, of twenty four thousand yeah. dollars, dollars. like Oh, look yeah. at you do math like that! I don't do algebra like that.
1: Nope. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure I missed something. I was just thinking, 24 months, a thousand bucks a
0: month. Oh, like. oh, oh wow, yeah. So you know, I left that in high school, but um, and not only. Okay, so not only did she lie when she was confronted about it and said, "Hey," and and was told, "Hey, you're lying," and this isn't cool. Um, and and I'm assuming that she left because they weren't able. You know, she when she said, "Oh, yeah," she said she couldn't. She could charge whatever she wanted for the room, so um, she left. And now she's, like, trying to turn all her friends against her. Now, that's, and th- yeah. th- that speaks so much to her character, both to, to lie to a quote-unquote friend, and then to try to turn uh, all these people against her. You know, I I mean, living in a big city, I know it's super hard to have a good group of friends. Um, mm-hmm. And so and that kind of drama can kind of create a lot of stress in your life, especially when she is— you know, mo- she moved out. Who knows if she has a, a, a stable place yet? Her friends are kind of, you know, uh, ditching her or or throwing her a lot of shade for for you know leaving the the other person. I don't know. This person doesn't seem to be a good like doesn't have good ethics.
1: (laughs) She has not made kind or friendly choices. And it's kind of amazing that she's trying to hit the letter writer from both angles, right? Which is the first one is like, oh, I've been doing you a favor. And then once you move out, oh, you're abandoning your responsibilities Mm -hmm. to me. Well, which one is it? Like, are you doing her a favor or is she doing you a favor? Like, you cannot have it both ways. Um, And just again, like you confronted her about the fact that she lied and her response was, well, you weren't on the lease and I'm going to kick you out, which is actually not addressing the fact that she lied at all. Um, and I'm really sorry that a lot of your friends are, are taking her side. Um, you know, I hope that you can, at the very least, clarify to them, like, here's the situation. Um, it's, it's not that I don't think she has, like, a legal right to charge, uh, you know, market rate for a room in her apartment. What I object to is the fact that for two years she told me we we're splitting everything 50-50. Um, and then I found out that she lied. And then when I tried to talk to her about it, she said she was going to kick me out of the house. I can't live with someone like that. Um, she took advantage of me. It was painful. And I need to find someplace else to live. Um, and you have not like destroyed her. She can find another roommate if she has to. Um, you are not responsible for the fact that she hasn't been managing her money well. And if people try to make it sound like you put her in a really bad situation, um, don't let them put that on you. That's bullshit.
0: it's I mean, especially when the letter writer has to take care of herself, right? um I want my home to be my sanctuary. I want to feel safe. I want my roommates, uh, whoever I'm living with, to be people that I get along with. Um, well enough that I can, you know, you know, come home and feel comfortable in my home at all times. This is no longer a comfortable place to live. Um, you know, it, it, she, she has wrote rid- that the, lies have marred their relationship. Um, her threatening to kick her out can be really stressful if, when you have, when if you're kicked out, when you don't have a le- uh, uh, your name on the lease and you have to find somewhere at last minute, that also could cost a lot of money. Um, especially if you're living in a big city. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't feel bad. I would prioritize her, um, herself and her needs. Um, and get to a place where she can um, live and feel comfortable and safe.
1: For sure. All right, this next one, I almost answered in the live chat the other day, and then I thought I was really going to look forward to sort of taking the time to really just, like, sit with it and, you know, unpack that suitcase and go through all the stuff that's in it. I'm excited. Um, this one's really something. It, this It's amazing. Like, this letter writer feels incredibly strongly, mm-hmm. Um but in, in a way that they, they would like to sound more casual than they are. And I always find that type of letter really fascinating. Yeah. Um, anything where it feels like the underlying message is, it's the principle of the thing. It is not the principle of the thing. It's never been the principle of the thing. Nothing in the history of time has ever been about the principle of the thing. It's always about the thing. Um, so with that uh, initial prelude, the subject line of this is not using they as a gender neutral pronoun. Dear Prudence, I am not transphobic. But I am phobic about using a noun that does not match the verb. In other words, I am not going to refer to an individual as they. In fact, I am probably going to winch when someone else does it, which means that there are many trans folk and or their partners with whom I am not going to be able to hang out for fear of seeming disrespectful. While I don't think this is a crushing blow to anyone, I know from speaking to others that I'm not the only one with this issue. Using a verb that doesn't match the noun makes us feel as if we are coming off not as accepting, but ignorant. Our language is imperfect. We are well known for inventing words to meet the circumstances. I wish you would use your platform to reach out to trans folk who might be interested in advancing a third gender-neutral pronoun. And then, since you write about trans issues quite a bit, I wish you would then model that pronoun for us. I realize that it is not my place to choose what someone else wants to be called. But I also realize that if there is not an option with which I and so many others who wish to be allies are comfortable, then we will just avoid awkward situations. Well, <laughs> uh, I, <don't... laughs> I, I, I I I want to throw one thing out there, which is just this beautiful immediate disavowal mm-hmm. of the request that has been made, which is, I wish you would... Invent and model a pronoun that other people would use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realize I shouldn't ask that, and I can't ask anyone else to do that because of me. But that's my request, which is sort of beautiful. Like, I don't believe I have the right to ask for the thing I'm asking for. Just wanted to say that.
0: I'm looking for the question in this. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, there's a lot. There's a, there's a. This is how I am. This is who, who I'm going to be. Regardless of what you may not say to me, but I want you to do this so that people can be on my same page as me. Because um, I I don't even know if this person's looking for advice. It's it's um they seem clearly set in where um they want to be.
1: So. There's a couple of things about this letter that are really amazing to me, one of which is incredibly petty, and I'm just going to throw that out there right now, um, which is—and I I left this in the letter. Uh, They said, I am probably going to winch when someone else does it. Um, What the letter writer meant to write was, I'm probably going to wince. A winch (laughs) is a a, a spool that you can use to tighten or loosen lengths of rope. Um, And I don't believe they meant I'm going to turn into a spool that tightens and lengthens, uh, you know, amounts of rope. Um, So, you know— and again, this kind of like this, this, this amazing sense of I know language is imperfect and we invent words to meet the circumstances, but this imperfect, somewhat invented word, I don't like it. Um, and I believe that it sounds ignorant and not accepting, and therefore I need another one, um, which is, again, just this really amazing sort of um, set of contradictions. Um, it's also worth mentioning there are Gender neutral pronouns um, that many trans people have advanced uh, and, and discussed for the last 30 years at least. Um, uh, there's G, uh, or, which is, you know, there are alternate pronunciations, but like Z I E, X I E. Many gender neutral, gender queer, gender fluid people uh, use those pronouns. And if you were to Google singular gender neutral pronoun, um, you would learn about a pretty rich history of, of said pronouns. Yeah. So the thing you are asking for already exists.
0: I'm. I'm also. You know, English isn't my first language. Although English quickly took over um, growing up in in the states after being born in Puerto Rico, and as someone who you know had to learn English. Um, at a young age, English doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like if you if you are like co- at least compared to you know to, to Spanish, it it, it it could be really um, difficult to understand uh, why certain words are pronounced certain ways and some aren't, and um, it it doesn't always make. I, I feel like the letter writer is coming into this as if English. Um, I know they say language is imperfect, but that they're so set in um, that. For this aspect of it, it's not imperfect and it needs to stay the way it is. Or at least how they think that it's been. I mean, they has been used as a plural pronoun to refer to individuals who we don't know the gender of, you know, for hundreds of years. Um, And they has been used as a singular pronoun. Um, You know, we have evidence of that at at least back to the 1950s. This is not...
1: Way further. It shows up in Shakespeare. It shows up in Dickens. It shows up in Shaw and Austin. I mean, there is a long history of the singular they which you've if you've ever been like at a library and the librarian makes an announcement like did somebody leave their book here um you've heard someone use the singular they
0: well absolutely i think but i i feel that the letter writer is going to quickly um try to clap back with well they that's because we're not we're not you know we didn't know the gender of the person so that's why that's when it's acceptable is so when you're not sure of the gender um but I, that's not too much of a far reach to then say, well, we do know the gender of this person; they're non-binary, <laughs> and and they and they fits that gender. So we can continue to use that as a singular pronoun as well um, um, uh, when we when we find um, their uh, gender. It's. <sighs> But, but I'm also, like, really concerned about this, quote-unquote, allyship that's happening here. Um, they really believe that they're an ally. And it's so funny that mm-hmm. I continue, you know, referring to them as they because I don't know their um, they're tender, right. the letter writer gender. Wait, no,
1: that's kind of what's beautiful <laughs> is this letter writer has given us no clues. Like, uh, and we are using a singular
0: saying they. It,
1: well, it sounds like kind of part of what you were talking about is is they are positioning themselves as, oh, as I wish to be an as ally. Like the, I as, would be— ex- Sorry, go
0: ahead. Yeah, but as the ally, so like, especially right here, they're like saying, I'm not transphobic, but. (laughs) <laughs> that makes me really uh right away you're like, uh, I don't know, that, that kind of negates a little bit um uh, of what you're going to say or um mm-hmm. you know, I don't want I don't want uh people to uh you know, it's not my place to 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 choose what someone else wants to be called, but and it's like, well, you, you kind of do think you that you you should be um, you know, deciding what people are or, or people don't call themselves. Um, you know, language is super important in in identifying ourselves and naming ourselves. It's one of the most powerful things that people marginalized communities can do is to when we've been um uh, disenfranchised and invisible to be able to use the language that we have albeit however imperfect to say this is who i am this is my experience let me share that with you um and right. I, and, and it's so it's so frustrating to see that this letter writer is kind of dismissing that kind of uh, the kind of it's, it's a very beautiful and kind of um you know, uh, a sacred thing for to for them to have non-binary trans friends to come out in this climate, <laughs> or you know, like even in the last five years when the the dominant trans conversation has been incredibly binary, um, that they're more upset about their ideas or views on grammar than in honoring their this person's identity and and journey. Um, right. Their their priorities are completely messed up.
1: <laughs> I, I think part of what's fascinating too is exactly what you were saying is this idea that the letter writer positions themselves as a person who wishes to be an ally but is prevented by doing so not out of any sort of inherent transphobia but because they are so profoundly committed to precise language um, even though they acknowledge that our language is imperfect that they are prevented from supporting people who are merely asking for the wrong pronoun. And if they would ask for a different Pronoun. If they would invent a new pronoun, then the letter writer would be thrilled to oblige and be go bo- going to like a lot of gender queer brunches. Um, <laughs> and you and know, it's kind of amazing. This is hypothetical, right? It's it, there's this there's this sentence that's like there's probably a lot of trans people I'm just not going to be able to hang out with now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. no one in their life who's doing this right now, but they're already imagining and making that choice. Obviously, um, I would choose never saying the singular they over. Spending time with this person, it would be impossible for us to communicate. It would be poss- impossible for me to demonstrate respect to them. We would not be able to connect, which is a pretty big estrangement.
0: And this, you know, this really speaks to their cis privilege. And I, I really want to find out what their feelings are about cis. Um, <laughs> but um, that, you know, really speaks to the cis privilege that they're saying, um, "I'm only going to allow you to speak your truth and be your whole self." In the parameters that I'm defining for you, if you use the language that I'm comfortable with, that I'm most comfortable with, if you use the um, when I, you know, when I want to, how I want to um, set set that those boundaries and have that, and if for ha- for them to have a non-binary a trans person have to kind of go through, you know, do the right dance for them to be heard, um, really speaks to their privilege, and they need they need to be able to, as an ally um, or as a supposed ally, sit back in their you know discomfort, um, allow people. Um, a a lot of people of of, of any minority group, but in this case, non-binary trans people to really lead the way. And if you, you know, if you may not get it right away, I know I didn't get it right away and I still don't get it all the way, um, but to sit in your discomfort and, you know, listen and learn to that experience um, and ask questions and try to to push yourself, um, I think is the best thing this letter writer can do instead of, you know, drawing this line in the sand and deciding from the get-go that their precious, Messy English language is more important um, than the lives and experiences of our non-binary siblings.
1: Yeah, and and I would just just to kind of close on this, like just for what is my advice to this letter writer? Um, you know, no, I, I am not going to create a, a new pronoun and, and and tell other people to use it about themselves. And I think it's kind of fascinating that there appears to be this sense on the letter writer's part. Um, I imagine they. Perceive, perceive me as cis, um, and that may be a part of um, uh, what's going on here, but they perceive me as some sort of person with a platform and some sort of uh, linguistic authority um, who would somehow be a better judge of what other people should want to be called than they themselves would be. Um, I'm not. I'm not the best judge of what another person wants to be called. They are. Mm. Um and and I would encourage this letter writer um who it seems like perhaps on some level would like to know more, would like to think about this differently if they could if they could see their way to doing so. Um Do a little research. I promise you trans people, gender fluid, gender queer people have done a lot more thinking about language and pronouns than the majority of cis people. Um, So if you were even to simply Google something like the history of gender neutral pronouns um, or take a look at like Julia Serrano's Whipping Girl, Mm -hmm. um, you know, read something by a trans or a non-binary person um, and find out the history of alternative uh, pronouns. Do a little research on the history of the singular they uh, NPR. NPR did a piece about it, I think, last year. I think the American Dialect Society nominated the singular they as the word of the year of 2015. Um, Learn about the history. Learn about the ways in which it's used. Uh, I I, I believe in that article they were talking about, Mary Norris wrote this big uh, sort of grammar book about being the New Yorker copy editor, um, uh, where she said that the use of the singular they is just wrong. Uh, And then the NPR article points out that a few pages earlier, she had written, Nobody wanted to think they were not essential, which is kind of lovely. <laughs> Just this sense of even when we're trying very hard not to use a singular they, um, we clearly have a history of using it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, check check out the history. You will find a lot of really interesting thoughts. It sounds like because this is hypothetical, there are perhaps not a lot of, uh, you know, uh, out trans and non-binary people in this letter writer's life. Um, and I encourage you to do a little more reading, um, find out a little more about how other people have thought about pronouns and, and, and ways in which we can refer to ourselves and, and, and ways in which we wish others to refer to us. Um, but, uh, you know, no, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, produce a, a new pronoun for you that other people should be should be asked to use that's pretty much not how language works unfortunately mm-hmm. um, it's like trying to make fetch happen
0: it's it's not <laughs> going to happen it's not going to happen unfortunately yeah yeah
1: <laughs> Woo! all right well Good luck to that one. Uh, i I would you go ahead and read us this next letter? Yes, I think this is a, this feels thematically connected to that poor roommate of just one letter ago. Um and I feel like we're doing a lot of stuff about just like tricky financial situations where you have to do stuff you don't really want to do.
0: yeah, I wonder if they know each other. <laughs> ok. So the subject is sketchy job. This summer, I was taking some classes and trying to make run until school began in September. I wasn't able to take a conventional part-time job thanks to my summer class schedule, so I turned to Craigslist. One post sought someone with my academic background to do research in a local museum's archives on behalf of a firm on the other side of the country. I could schedule the work around my classes. It seemed like a perfect match, and I was offered the job. Things got sketchy fast. It turns out I was being hired as a proxy, as the firm's director had been banned from the museum. He explained that the museum staff wrongly suspected him of using his research findings for commercial gain. He asked that I not disclose to the museum that I was working for him, and that I act as though I was researching for personal reasons. He has also proven to be rather prickly, demanding supervisor. I'm not proud to say that I kept working for six months after my summer of being broke-ended. The extra money has been nice, though I do feel the dishonesty weighing on my conscience. I've decided to quit, and now I just need to tell the boss. My question for you is... Since I'm leaving due to moral scruples, do I owe it to my boss to say so, knowing that he could retaliate? Or can I get away with one last lie and tell him that my school schedule, health, new religion, personal astrologer, etc., won't permit me to continue working for him?
1: Oh, the Craigslist job.
0: You know, you know... I feel like Craigslist always gets a bad rap. There's a lot of good stuff in there. It's just you only hear about the bad stuff.
1: (laughs) I once tried to apply to be a hearse driver via Craigslist the summer after I graduated college. And um, I was not given a second interview. (sighs)
0: I hope it's not a so. sketchy job situation where it was a quote hearse, you know, driver. Like an
1: under-the-table yeah. hearse driver. Or just no. like
0: disposing bodies that you weren't aware whose they were or <laughs> just a really sketchy job summer job. Yeah. Well um
1: So what do you think? Do they do they go with my new astrologer says I need to get out of here? Or do they say something else?
0: So I'm I'm one for always being honest. But I'm also realizing that, um, so it depends, if, if, if this person's a recent graduate, they need any and all recommendations to, um, you know, to live their lives in this tough market for millennials, <laughs> and they don't want to lose that recommendation or, you know, have to explain to other future employers that their former employer was a bit of a mess and sketchy and was banned, because um, that always, for some reason, always feels like it's going to come back on the employee, not the employer. Um so I, I, it would depend on, you know, how is the for me, it would depend on how is the boss, how could the boss potentially retaliate? Um, is it important for me to have their recommendation for future job positions or grad school or, ever, or whatever else that may need to be? Um, and then I could, I would decide how to um, address it. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think my first inclination is to tell this letter writer to actually consult a lawyer. Um, because my concern is, you know, they write that the the supervisor uh, claimed to have been wrongly suspected of using his research findings for commercial gain. Um, it is, in fact, possible that he was, and that he used the research that the letter writer produced in order to continue his commercial gains, um, and that when it comes to employment in this field, um, if that were to come to light, uh, if this letter writer's involvement were to come to light, um, they could potentially be in a situation where their professional reputation is now ruined. Um, and, and I think it's worth um, speaking with somebody, uh, you know, that you can discuss this with. I don't know what the specific rules around, you know, your profession sort of like ethical guidelines are, but I think it's worth having a confidential conversation about um what your ethical obligations are, how best to protect yourself, um, and how to, you know, avoid situations like this in the future. Because, right, like, if this guy was profiting commercially um, off of this person's research, if he'd been banned um, formally from the museum uh, and, and this were to come to light, like, this person um, could potentially be unemployable in in his or her field. Um, and, and it's worth thinking really carefully about how to proceed with this. Like, do you not only need to tell your supervisor, but also tell the museum um, what's been going on? And and if you were to do that, um, would that harm you to such an extent that you would not be able to recover professionally? Um, and if so... Do you want to run that risk anyways, or would you rather try to hide and hope no one ever finds out? Um these are some pretty yeah, big questions, I think.
0: Especially since they worked what was it, for six jobs even after um
1: six months, yeah. If, I mean that was after, a while.
0: So it's not that they, you know, found out and were like coming straight to the museum or to their boss and say, Hey, I'm not okay with this, this is what's going down. They waited a little bit, so there's a little bit of couple culpabil- like possibility in, in, in being culpable or, or at least mm-hmm. being blamed. Um, in in knowing more and why did you wait so long, etc. Um, so that's a little bit co- a little complex. But I, I mean, I'm always best for honesty. I'd rather be upfront with um, the, you know, my boss, and I like the idea of being upfront with the museum as well and, and letting them know um, what has been going on, um, because if you can come clean and apologize um, that way, it's not going to be you pinpointed as a mastermind behind this, <laughs> this uh, ordeal. Um, it could be better for them both professionally. And um, I know it, it would be uh, uh, releasing some anxiety on my, if it was me, if I was in the letter writer's shoes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause on the one hand I want to balance like when you are young and you don't have the money to make rent, you know, a lot of us have taken jobs where, Um, You know, the boss was doing something shady, and we participated in a way that did not make us feel comfortable, um, but felt necessary. So I want to make it really clear, like, to the letter writer, you know, I I do not put you in the same category as this boss. Like, I think Mm -hmm. his actions are, are, you know, clearly unethical and wrong, um, and that you were in more of a compromised position. But it is also important to think about, um, you know— This may be bigger than you realize, right? Especially if you have an academic background and you hope on getting any work in the academy. Like, if this falls under any violation of stuff like, you know, student conduct, academic conduct, academic honesty, um, this is not just as simple as I had a shady boss and I thought about whether or not I would tell him off. Like, this could have long reaching... Um, effects for your career. So even even aside from a lawyer, just if there's anybody in your field that you trust and that you can ask for advice, um, you know that might be helpful to, to to speak to somebody before you make a decision to do something. Um,
0: I, I imagine it's incredibly I, I, paralyzing for this letter writer because right. um, I mean I don't know if they're you know I don't want to assume that they're they're younger and went straight from college to grad school or if they decided to go right. to grad school later on. Whatever it may be. Um, this market's not friendly to people with, <laughs> with uh, you know, even, even you know, graduate degrees a lot of times. Um, so the, the, this idea um, that they could potentially, um, after spending Lord knows how much money and being in debt for, you know, for whatever schooling that they, that, um, that they went through, um, to lose money while they're going to school and not be able to um, possibly land a position after, you know, two, three plus years of studying um, – I mean, there's a lot of things that could go wrong for them, even just by being you know innocently um accidentally involved. Um, right. That's stressful,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i I would say, um you know i I understand there there is not like slam dunk evidence that you have that that he's been using this for um commercial gain, although you do have slam dunk evidence that he is like, working around a ban from, like, a research institution, which is pretty serious. Um, so you do have options, right? One is that you can just quit and make up a reason. Um, and that's not necessarily a guarantee that he will not later be exposed, that your connection to him might not later be exposed, um, and that you might still suffer some form of consequences. So that's an option, and with it carries a little bit of a sense of the sort of Damocles over your head. Um and I don't think you would be a terrible person if you did that. I don't think it would be, you know, unforgivable. But I, I, I do think that you would, you know, have a conscience that sometimes pricked at you. And that's, that's hard to live with sometimes. Um, your other option is if you do tell your boss, I'm no longer able to do this work in good conscience. Um, I took this job because I needed the money. But, I, you know, I believe it's a violation of our professional obligations. I'm not sure how you say that to your boss and then don't also report it to the museum. Um, especially because if you give him that information and he decides to retaliate before you say anything to anyone else, he gets to control the story um, Absolutely. and he could, you know, given that he seems like a pretty unethical guy, I would not be surprised if he was willing to tell lies about you um, or to slander you or to ruin your, reputa- your reputation. So I think if you do decide to speak to him about it and to give him an honest reason for why you quit, um, then I, I think you will also need to seriously consider telling the museum Um Acknowledging your own role, uh, which is you know not the same thing as um, as his, it is distinct. Um, coming forward would also be a real you know boon to you. I, I think it would make it really clear that this was not the path you wanted to go down. Um, and. I believe that it would be a good thing to do. I, I believe it is worth considering. Um, I believe that the freedom that would come with that would be very meaningful um, and would allow you to, what you know, whatever consequences do arise, at least you would know. I do not live in fear of being exposed. I do not live in fear of what this person could do to harm me um, because I told the truth and I told it first.
0: Yeah. Getting ahead of the story and owning it um, and having a plan of action in, in, in terms of engaging all the parties involved and making sure that um, – Um, Your narrative is the first one that is heard, I think, is the way to go.
1: All right. Well, on a totally different note, this next one is really something. Um, The subject line is, my girlfriend is jealous of my masseuse. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive in. (laughs) Dear Prudence, I have serious back issues and bad insurance coverage right now. I work in a warehouse, and I do a lot of manual labor. A friend of mine was formally trained as a masseuse, but works in a different field now. Recently, she offered to work on my back, and after one session, I wasn't in any pain. My girlfriend freaked out and wants me to stop. She acknowledged that there is nothing but friendship between me and this friend, that I love my girlfriend and would never cheat on her. Quote, unquote, all the rubbing makes her uncomfortable. My friend offered to teach my girlfriend how to massage me, and she declined. My friend offered to do the sessions with my girlfriend in the room, and my girlfriend lasted only halfway through before walking out and crying. My friend left, and I had to comfort my girlfriend." My friend feels insulted, and I feel overwhelmed. My girlfriend is putting her needless anxiety over my physical well-being. I can't afford $100 a week on massages, not unless I give up eating. We keep talking around each other in circles. Is there any way I can reassure my girlfriend? My friend told me that she was willing to keep doing sessions if I dealt with my girlfriend, but didn't like being, quote-unquote, all but called a whore, and will only come over now if there is a group of friends present. I am completely stuck. Can you help me?
0: I want to be friends like masseuses who are willing to mis- massage me for free i have stress t- to right? deal with like where, where are these people <laughs> in this my is life an
1: incredibly generous friend
0: <laughs> we're seeing a lot of uh well yeah it's it, i mean it, for them for them to say what once a week a massage for free
1: mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's um that's a lot of money and that's a lot of yeah that's that's good stuff this is this is the poor. I mean, I feel for the girlfriend just because I understand being in places of insecurity in relationships, um, sure. and I know that at times we can, in the moment and in in that space, we may be oblivious to um, how insecure we are and and in, in our relationship. And so, hearing um, anything contrary to what you believe can be also, um, you know, rejected. Um, But um, I also understand what it's like to have a lot of packages. I was a a gymnast most of my life and i did a lot of massages and they were extremely um helpful for me in being able to train and be able to um to continue to work on my body um
1: i did not know you were a gymnast
0: i was a gymnast is, i
1: should have had more like physical therapy themed questions <laughs> i was
0: i was a gymnast for um from second grade all the way to college i did aqua gymnastics oh, i no. did nba halftime shows and all this <gasps> crazy stuff yeah it was a lot of fun wait
1: okay drop all the questions now, <laughs> We are only talking about your gymnastics <laughs> career until you, the you end know, of the show i
0: have to send you a picture i had you know i used to be able to like do my splits and like hold Yes, you do. For like two you have to minutes.
1: send me a, a lot of pictures. <laughs> yeah, I can't even touch I know. my
0: toes. No, I, you know, it's so, now either can I, well, I can touch my toes, but like, I, it's so weird that two years, you know, as I was, I, was uh, I finished my gymnastics and undergrad about two and a half years ago uh, or three, two or three years ago. And now it's mm-hmm. like I went from having a splits and being super flexible and all this stuff too. just not <laughs> it quickly <laughs> leaves you. but um, wow. yeah so like I can appreciate getting free massages like that's so great my team had a had a masseuse on staff luckily but um, it's you know having um, not have a, mas- a masseuse on staff for me anymore it's they're expensive um, yeah it, it depends on the city you, you know they can go up to 120 140 with tips and that's like not even like a um, you know a super super nice massage it's just a regular right. massage so I mean, this is... I just
1: want you to know, right now, I'm actually Googling
0: Eliel Cruz Gymnastics. <laughs> like, I'm pretending to listen, but I'm 100% so just looking at pictures of you. Yeah, well, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is great. This well, um, yeah, I did. I used to, I mean, I used to walk around on my hands when I was, like, in second grade and the grocery store, my mom would have to, like, hit my, my feet down and she'd be like, stop it, we're in public. Um... <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> i was a little um a monkey acrobat which was uh, okay so far fun. i'm
1: not seeing any pictures of you doing gymnastics okay. just a lot of pictures of you like wearing a leather jacket and staring <laughs> off into the middle distance which are don't get me wrong amazing okay but well, i want the I'll
0: gymnastics to, I'll, pictures. I'll, 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 I'll send you some of the gymnastics pictures so you can see it I, I, it's a com- kind of a completely different life now for me it's weird to see even just a few I'm, years ago <laughs>
1: I cannot wait. Um, but yeah, so I, I can certainly appreciate the girlfriend's position if if there was a different angle on this story. Right. If this was just like this guy you were dating who had a weirdly close friend and all of a sudden she'd started giving him massages and he could kind of afford to get a professional one or there wasn't a really pressing health issue. Sure. I can understand feeling like this is weird. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, but it, it, it seems like, and I mean, all we have is the letter writer's word, but like, he's not saying like, this is someone I used to date or someone I flirt with, um, or I think she has feelings for me and she's trying to massage me to get somewhere. It sounds like he's in genuine physical pain a lot of the time. Uh, does not have enough money or insurance coverage to go see a professional and has a really kind friend who's willing to help him out and has kind of bent over backwards yeah. um, to make sure the girlfriend can see this is not sexual, this is not flirtatious, this um, is I'm helping a friend. Um, and and that, I, God, I cannot imagine being any of the three people in that room of like the sad <laughs> jealousy massage that sounds like a nightmare <laughs> for everyone involved.
0: It does. I, I, I wouldn't have even agreed to it. Um, that That sounds really... Yeah, I don't know what she was going to do for an hour inside the room because she can't be, like, on her phone, like, ruining the ambiance or something. I wouldn't
1: even want to watch someone I was dating get a massage, like, for fun, much less, like, for (laughs) insecurity and jealousy reasons. Like, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to get on my phone now. This is boring.
0: And I think that, I mean, I think it does speak a lot about the girlfriend that she wasn't even willing willing to be taught, um, which...
1: Which is fine. Like, I'm not a masseuse. But like the bit about like quote unquote all the rubbing makes her uncomfortable. Well, that's what a massage is. So, like literally, the concept of a massage is what bothers you.
0: I wonder if she's given any. I wonder if she's given any um, uh, suggestions on what he can do because I feel like the, the boyfriend saying, "Okay, so you want to sit in the room with me? Um, can she teach you?" Um, yeah. you know, like there's di- different things he's thrown out there. I wonder what she's done. Right, She's anything, not throwing
1: out any alternatives. Yeah.
0: Um, was she willing to pay for some of his massages if she goes to a different place, you know, um, what is, what, what are things that he, uh, that she could be doing to kind of try to meet him halfway, um, right. you know, back pain and and physical pain can be um, super, uh, you know, paralyzing and, um, and really mess up with your quality of life. Um, yeah. And in, uh, Mess up your sleep, uh, give you migraines. Like there's a lot of stuff that can come from it. Redoing uh, manual labor. He also needs to learn how to lift correctly. Sorry, I just thought about that as a gymnast. <laughs> if he's hurting his, if he's hurting his back too much, that much. Um, yeah, he should he should learn how to how to lift things correctly um, and not. Well, just, and I always yeah.
1: I always wonder with stuff like this, like if he's working in something like an Amazon warehouse where there's often like an incredibly intense like top down pressure of like mm-hmm. you need to move and... so much inventory, no matter how correctly you're lifting. If you're like working way harder and faster than you need to, because otherwise you'll lose your job. Like you're going to get injured no yeah. matter what, and that's a tough position to be in. That but yes, if if some yeah. of this is coming from incorrect. You know maybe maybe especially with the bad insurance I'm like I don't think this is like a person with a union job where yeah. there's like a lot of protections for laborers unfortunately.
0: But you know and um, not that, not that the boyfriend hasn't done enough already as is right. but perhaps but perhaps um you know learning how to do um some stretches and how to uh, lift things um in ways that won't um extend his back um or um his lower back. Um, would be kind of be helpful because I I think you actually, well, I know you actually get done things uh, things done quicker and are able to lift more if you're doing it correctly. Um, right. Sorry, that's yeah. my little coming out.
1: <laughs> even if it weren't, you know, even if your girlfriend wasn't the issue, just because, you know, you know, this is not going to be like a solution. You'll be able to avail yourself up for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know that your friend's always going to be available to massage you. So it's definitely great to develop alternate techniques that you can do yourself to help yourself out. Um, so whether that's like getting one of those back massagers as well, or foam rollers, or like learning some new stretches, that's great.
0: And sometimes um, that doesn't work out. I remember um, after, uh, you know, I, I, I would have some accidents sometimes and You know, a girl would fall on my head or things, and I would have like, like I know, I would I would get uh, sprains or fractures. I went to um, a chiropractor. They took uh, they took a an X ray from the first time seeing me, and they were like, "Were you recently in a car accident?" Oh my god! (laughs) And I was like, "No, I'm just a gymnast." (laughs) So sometimes you, it's just kind of the the, you know what you have to do, I guess. Um, Where were you? I cannot tell you
1: how upset I am that we didn't get you into the studio. (laughs) Like we should have flown you out here so you could be doing. Slits <laughs> right now.
0: That's fantastic, idiot. <laughs> but um,
1: but yeah, okay. So like, bottom line, I think the letter writer should keep getting the massages, and I think that he should not be getting them at his house where his girlfriend's going to be. They should be in some other location, uh, and I think he should be really upfront with his girlfriend, which is like. You've acknowledged that there's nothing going on between me and this other person, um, that I love you and that I'm not cheating on you. This is necessary for me to get my job done and my physical well-being. If I had a financial alternative, I would avail myself of it. And I'm also going to do as much as I can on my own, like with regards to stretching and lifting techniques and and whatnot, um, to make sure that I am not like completely dependent upon this. But this is necessary for me. Um, And so, you know, I would love you to accept that. Um, I, wonder, I don't want you to come watch and cry. I don't want you to, like, pick at me every time I do it. Um, like, this is necessary for me to be physically okay, and I need you to be okay with that. And if you're not, you know, uh, we're not going to continue to, like, argue over it. I'm not going to continue to have that conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if if he could, if he swapped genders, if if he were to swap genders with the masseuse. I wonder if his, his friend that's a woman was able to talk one of his guy friends. Um, to or 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 him and his guy friend who works together to massage each other. I know that's and, and what
1: I, if? But what if he's bisexual? Lel,
0: you didn't let me finish. <laughs> it's no. because I didn't get to
1: see you do the splits today, so I'm angry and I'm lashing out.
0: So you know that might be uh, a set of issues itself, but maybe if if he is a straight guy and. Um, You know, maybe a girlfriend would feel more comfortable getting, you know, having a man massage him. I'm just trying to help this guy out and get his massage, honestly.
1: (laughs) That just seems like a lot of accommodating for a situation that the girlfriend's already acknowledged. She's like, it's clear to me that you're not trying to flirt with her. I Mm -hmm. know that. Like, this is a feeling she has to process on her own, not a condition that you need to change. Like, if this were a situation where you were flirting with this other person or had a history with them, I would totally get that. And I would definitely recommend that you look elsewhere. Um, But even your girlfriend has acknowledged that her response is unwarranted and as such and like where are you gonna find like another friend who's willing to do this do you know what i mean like not everybody's gonna be like yeah i can take an hour out of my week every week to give my friend a free massage um like Mm -hmm. yeah no i think you should keep doing it i think you should like again like do it kindly don't be like you dumb jerk stop having feelings but just be like it's okay for you to like feel insecure and i can talk about that with you um but you know you don't ask me to stop doing it um and and don't like revisit the subject endlessly like if you need to go take a walk during those times do it go do something for yourself um or if you have another solution that you would like to offer me i'd be happy to hear it
0: maybe they could talk through some things cuz clearly she's not secure maybe there ha- there's an underlying problem they need to have for some sure. conversations about their relationship um that have nothing to do with the massage to make her feel comfortable in in what they are and what what they're doing
1: Yeah. Yep. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think you also really need to respect your friend's boundaries because she said she was willing to keep doing the sessions if you deal with your girlfriend. Um, If you feel like it's getting to a point where your girlfriend is going to, like, call this woman up or yell at her or go find her, um, you know, you owe your friend better than that. And if that is what's happening, then you need to tell her and be honest so that she can make a decision about whether or not this is worth it for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. This last one. I just, I mean, I think it's going to be fun. Take us away.
0: (laughs) So the subject is, is my friend's boyfriend too old for her? Dear Prudence, I'm a 20-year-old college student, and I'm worried about one of my friends. We're the same age, and recently she started dating someone who is 15 years older. She's always preferred to date older guys. Her last few boyfriends have been at least two years older than her. But this age gap is far wider than usual. Their relationship seems to be going well, but I'm also concerned— They are in very different stages in their lives. She's doing an undergraduate degree, and he has been working for at least 10 years. And apparently, he's been interested in her since she was a freshman, when she was 18 and he was 33. Should I be worried about this relationship, or simply understand that my friend has a different view on dating than me?
1: I think it's awful when people have different views on dating than me. (laughs) I I think... Like everyone, like there's just numbers in my head that I'm like, yeah, that's a reasonable age difference. And the numbers where I don't and anyone who differs by that by even six months is totally
0: wrong. What are what are your then? What are your numbers?
1: No, I'm not going to oh, I'm not going to tell okay, the good people okay. of Dear Prudence my tell, numbers because okay. I don't want anyone to feel like they can't write to me. Okay, but sorry. I know them and I'm I'm objectively correct. Okay. Um. <laughs> Have you either dated people much older or younger than yourself? Oh, absolutely. And/or do you have friends who have dated people much older or younger than themselves? I
0: mean, I I'm, well, first of all, my I, I'm not going much younger because I'm 26. <laughs> so fair. The, the, it's, 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 there is it's, a floor. There's there's the, there's a quick floor that comes really quickly. Um, and I haven't dated someone that much older than me, only by a few years. Then again, uh, you know, um, yeah, only by like three, four years. Uh, this is. This is a little complex for me, um, because I think there's when we're talking about these types of relationships, I think we need to like acknowledge like power dynamics um, that might be at play in terms of an older dominant man. Um, it's it, it gets a little creepy that when we start getting to I was interested in you when I when, you know I was eighteen. Um, I know like I know that people say that's you know we we know that that's the legal age and, um, and you know across the country, but. There's a lot of sure. 18 year olds who don't look 18 or who don't act 18. Yeah, and who it's don't not want to, who a magical maturity. age. Yeah, where all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> from,
1: yeah. like, absolutely.
0: So, that uh-huh. that in a sense, I don't think it's the age gap for me as much as it is her youngness, if that makes sense. Right, I mean, there's a
1: big difference between like a 25 year old dating a 35 year old mm-hmm. um, if they're both like living independently. Or
0: 30 or f- into the 40s. Employed, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Versus somebody who's still in college, probably um, living with several roommates, possibly financially dependent on either loans or family members um, and just at a really different stage in their life. Doesn't mean automatically he is a monster and she is a victim. Um, but absolutely. yeah, like yeah. the thing that you're noticing that they're at different stages of their lives is absolutely true. Like, and of course, there is a potential um, for uh, a weird power dynamic or a predatory power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and not all imbalances of power are inherently troubling, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, I I don't think it's weird to be – to, like, have your uh, radar up a little bit, right? Like, that doesn't mean you have to, like, break into his house or tell your friend that you're terrified for her. Um, But I think it's kind of a good sign that, like, because you care about her um, and because, uh, you know, there's a lot that could potentially be, um, like – Imbalanced or or predatory about this relationship that you would just like be a little bit more extra on the lookout than you would if she was dating another twenty year old.
0: Hmm. Yeah. the The differences in in, in the stages in their lives is 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 not an issue, but it's clearly something to be to be taken. The lens it, it's the lens to look at their relationship with for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And f- for me, fifteen years is is not a massive mind gap I don't think you know I don't know if I could I mean I don't know I'm so single I would do anything right now to be honest I feel
1: like also I feel like also sometimes too like with queer people there's sometimes it's a little bit more understood that there are often big age gaps yeah um and in part because sometimes there's not the same, uh, like, gender dynamics, although, of course, there can be. Um, whereas I think when there's the gender dynamic of a younger woman and an older man, particularly when the woman in question is, like, in school and not yet, like, working and making her own money, um, people can sort of... Uh, make assumptions that they would not necessarily make assumptions about if she um, were dating an older woman or if she were a young guy dating an older guy. And those dynamics might still be present. It's just people don't bring the same lens to it necessarily.
0: Absolutely not. And we do want to give this, um, you know, this letter writer's friend agency to be able to date who she wants, um, you know, how she wants and and, and set up boundaries for her own dating um, relationship. And it is comforting to know that at least from so far, there hasn't been any issues um, in terms right. Of it's not like I'm worried because he's he doing something. Says really he sketchy. wants to know where she is when she's out without yeah. him,
1: or yeah, like
0: it's just doing a, it's creepy. just a matter of I guess I guess she's being extra precautious, which I don't think is a bad thing, right? I think I think yeah. friends are supposed to be overly precautious and 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 give you unnecessary criticisms that like only like 40% is actually true just because they love you and care for you and want you to be your best self and with we're all so stupid
1: when we're in relationships and it's nice to have suspicious friends
0: yeah yes you gotta have have at least one
1: suspicious friends Um, so yeah like keep your eyes open don't necessarily like treat him like he is a bad person who needs to prove himself to you Um, but absolutely like be on the lookout for any possible like um abuses of uh his like uh financial power Mm -hmm. um his the fact that he's got a lot more life experience keep your eyes out and you can certainly ask her questions like you can do it in a way that's not like what the hell is going on why are you dating this ancient crone Mm -hmm. um but you can say like hey this guy is like in his 30s can you tell me a little bit about like Uh, what that's like and um, what do you like about it and what's weird about it and like just as you would kind of ask any friend about a new relationship um, just to try to hear like how she's thinking about it and if she says stuff like you know uh, I, it's great. I, I can't wait for him to lock me in a tower um, and like climb my hair or something like then you can maybe try to have further conversations. And if she's like, yeah, I know it's like an intense uh, dynamic. And here's how we talk about this. And here's ways in which I like try to maintain my independence. And here's ways in which he tries to make sure that he's giving me a lot of space to grow. Um, Then then, you will know, you'll know that they're both reasonable, responsible people in a slightly unusual dynamic. Um, so you know, trust but verify. I think is my is my word on this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like that.
1: I, I mean, I also like this is totally unrelated, but like you know, I, I turned thirty earlier this year, and the idea of dating somebody in college is just
0: <laughs> that's a lot for be, me, and I'm twenty six. Yeah, they I- would have to be
1: maybe the most incredible person on the planet, and even then, I just. I don't know what I would get out of that. But that's why life is a rich tapestry, yeah. right? We all like different things. See, but
0: You eventually did give us a, at least a number in the lower range. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: to me, for myself personally, um, I cannot imagine myself well, dating a traditionally aged college student. Okay. If somebody were in their 30s and was returning to college, I think we would have a great time. I believe we, um, we but... said
0: earlier that you were you know, the truth and that, that you had the correct numbers and I have the receipts for that. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> dang it and we've been recording we have we um, been recording that's kind of well, the point of the show
1: yeah welcome at any rate <laughs> this letter makes me grateful that i'm not dating a college student i think um, i would have a rough time yeah with
0: that. yeah that would be that would be an interesting um experience to say the least but i'm also I mean, just
1: glad i'm not back in college like i'm just glad that time in my life is over
0: yeah i'm ha- i'm happy if i'm happy if she's happy and she has you know independency and agency and is is taking control of her life and setting the boundaries that make sense for her um and is flourishing i'm happy yeah if she's good
1: (laughs) well we did it we fixed everyone's problems it's true everyone is so much better off (laughs) um before you get out of here do you have any last piece of advice to just our general readership like lift things carefully or you know don't (laughs) date people in college oh, or I anything else sh- that you just think the people should know
0: i didn't prepare for this see i was i was trying I know, to know pre- i, I was, just sprung it on you i know i was trying to pretend to have my life together enough to give some little good morsels and sound bites um this last would hour. would you
1: like to give us some bad advice like, oh, from your messy oh, life goodness,
0: from a messy life um uh, hold all the grudges um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let um, you know what?
0: Go. No, here's 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 a, here's a piece of advice. I I would and something that I've been doing a lot um, recently is that um, uh, making sure that um, I'm I, I put time and energy in relationship that is being reciprocated. Um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people um, want to be, whether it be um, uh, a platonic or romantic, want more than that other person, and you can only do so much. Um, and I think at some at some point um, it, it it's no longer a relationship, but it's you giving your time and energy and um, emotions and not getting anything back, and that becomes toxic. Um, Could
1: you please go back in time and give me this advice <laughs> uh, X amount of time ago?
0: And no, you, you, I mean it's just something that it, it's it, this last I think year and a half I've been really um, focusing on and being super busy and, and work and things like that. Um, I I want to be intentional in my relationships, whether they be with friends or romantic. And um if I want if I'm putting this energy into our our growing together, um and you're not, um, I am not respected enough to be to continue this. And so for myself, for my um uh you know, to honor who I am and and, and to love myself enough to say um, to let you go um, has been a thing that I've been um, working on.
1: <laughs> All right, so hold advice. on to grudges and let people go. That's uh, that's this week's closing thought. Uh, oh, thank okay. you so much for coming on the show. Not I'm so sure. glad that we've gotten everyone who lives in your apartment.
0: It was yeah, yeah. You have now. We need to get. A, I'm going to steal a cat um, and oh put it and, and bring it into our apartment so that they um, they can come on the show. Oh my goodness, I just did so much <laughs> right there. This is fantastic.
1: <laughs> I, I I want you to get like like a a Chrissy from Three's Company style third roommate. Um,
0: <laughs> okay, it's going to be hard. We're very we're, very, we're um, me and John Paul are like um, a married old couple and. No, but we we like laugh so much, and we'll like tweet things to each other in the other rooms, and be giggling and hearing each other. It's a okay. mess. So we need someone to well, to mesh well with us, or else it's just going to be us. I I think we're going to live together until I marry him off for a couple of cows or something. That's what's that, gonna yeah.
1: I'm I'm here for it, and uh, I will I will be there on that day. Love it. Um, thank you again so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. That's it from all of us here at the Dear Prudence Show. And by all of us here, I mean myself and Audrey, who is a plate of glass away from me. Um, that's pretty much everyone who's holding on the fort. At any rate, um, we're going to gently release all of you back into the week uh, and wish you uh, a great couple of days until you come back and find your way home. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Dear Prudence. Our producer is Audrey Dilling. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcasts. And Andy Bowers is the chief content officer of Panoply. If you like this show, please go to iTunes and write us a review. It helps more people find the show and more problems find solutions. If you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327. And you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location. And at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops.